This edition of the Doors Open podcast is made possible with the support of VAA Engineering Planning and Design Services, offering engineering services to architects, owners, and design-build contractors. VAA designs commercial spaces, ag, and industrial bulk handling facilities for national companies and beloved Minnesota brands. Visit VAAENG.com to learn how they nerd. From Doors Open Minneapolis, this is the Doors Open Podcast, a conversation about buildings in Minneapolis that are architecturally, culturally, or socially significant. Doors Open Minneapolis is a weekend civic celebration, May 18 and 19. It provides the public with free behind the scenes access to more than 110 unique venues throughout Minneapolis. Now here's our host, novelist, advertising creative, and proud Minneapolis resident, Ann Bauer. So today, in honor of Doors Open, we're here talking with Jay Libby, who is with Anderson Windows, in marketing, and Jackson Schwartz, co-founder and creative director of Hennepin Made. So welcome. Good morning. Thank you. So Jay, I'd like to start with you. We know Anderson Windows, but we don't really know everywhere that Anderson Windows is. I want to talk about what the business is doing right now. We're headquartered here, but what is the kind of span throughout the country and what are the big projects? What are all the stats? Okay, well, uh, Anderson is headquartered in uh, Oak Park Heights, uh, which is just outside of Stillwater. Uh, the company was founded in Hudson, Minnesota, Hudson Wisconsin, then moved to uh, Stillwater, South Stillwater, uh, back in uh, 1913 and has grown from there. Um, we have approximately 10,000 employees now across the country. Um, we're predominantly a, a U.S. manufacturer and distributor or product in that area. Um, we have facilities, manufacturing facilities across the country, um, Bayport, Menominee, Wisconsin, a couple in, in Iowa. We're down in Texas, out in California. And right now we're just broke ground on a new facility in Goodyear, Arizona, which is just outside of Scottsdale, um, and that's really going to be focused on serving that the southwest part of the U.S., which is really the big expanding part of the country right now. Um, and so, um, from a what's what's happening right now? I'm kind of getting back to that part of the question. Um, we have uh, through the years expanded our portfolio to probably have one of the broadest portfolios in the industry which allows us to do a really wide range of projects um, all the way from window replacement which our renewal by Anderson business is focused on across the country all the way up through residential to commercial and uh, we're doing a lot of uh, really fun adaptive reuse projects right now one that'll be on the doors open uh, tour. Which one is which that? Which is the uh, the new Canopy Hotel. Okay. Which uh, I remember several decades ago was the old Thresher Square building when that part of Minneapolis was being used. All the old commercial or, re or industrial buildings would be converted over to uh, 
to design spaces and office spaces. So this is east side, Minneapolis. East side of Minneapolis, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call it the, the east, east, far east neighborhood or something yes. like that. So we know windows. I mean, you know, everyone has windows. But what are you doing that doesn't look like the typical window, like the, the, the thing that we imagine square on the wall? Well, you know, it's interesting how design trends in buildings are changing so drastically um, that when we think of the single punched opening, the single window is, is just so not being done like it was at one time. Um, and that's being driven by a lot of design trends like the trend for indoor-outdoor living, which has driven the creation of these extraordinary doors or walls of glass that, Mm. um, you know, products that are 16 feet tall and up to 65 feet wide, and maybe they meet in the corner and they go back that, and so that really the wall disappears when you don't want it there. And even when it's there, there's so much glass that you just, it breaks down those barriers. Um, It's interesting, it's uh, Frank Lloyd Wright tried to do that 100 years ago, but the technology wasn't there to allow him to do it as much as he would have liked, and now today... It's really changing how people are building buildings because the structure is outside of the walls so that the walls can be glass. Wow. Can you give us an example of that here in the Twin Cities? Um, well, the Surly Brewing Brewery House has a really big, uh, they have like a 40 or 45 foot spans that opens, you know, so one that you can okay. go see. And so when the weather's right, uh, you can just, you know, it's no longer inside, outside. It's just, where do you want to sit? That is magnificent. I think um, one of the things I love about today is it's all about glass. And uh, Jackson Schwartz is here to talk about Hennepin Made, which I have seen mostly while drinking coffee. And it is some of the most beautiful glass work I've ever I've ever encountered. So tell us about Hennepin Made, how it started, and what you're doing now. Uh, We started in 2011. Um, I went to art school um, abroad and then moved back to Twin Cities and um, was an instructor at a university. And um, so when we first started, we were doing art fairs um, all over the country. And then uh, very quickly, we migrated into design. Um, we, We worked with some interior designers and architects on different projects and realized that that was um, where we could really build a pretty nice um, business and then also challenge ourselves with real functional product. Can um, you talk about what that functional product is? Um, so we're pre- predominantly pendant lighting is the main thing that we sell um, and create. Um, and then we have some table lamps. Um, we do a little bit of accessories, but it's predominantly a lighting business and really in the pendant and table lamp um, variety. And is it all blown glass? Um, yes, so we, we blow everything out of our facility in Minneapolis, um, and we do have some other processes such as cast glass, um, pressed glass, stuff like that, um, but for the most part, it's pretty much all blown glass. Okay, Jackson, remind me, you are open, four doors open. You are opening your facility? Yes, we are. Which is a marvelous thing because Parallel Coffee Bar is right in the building with you, right? Correct, yeah. So excellent opportunity (laughs) to have your coffee, look at some 
gorgeous lighting and then you did the lighting in parallel correct yeah so the we actually purchased the building in um, 2016 and then renovated it over the period of about two two years a little over two years um, so we actually own parallel as well um, and then there's a showroom space in there so the idea was to really have it's our it's our front door it's our living room um, we can have people come in see the product and uh, the lighting and, and really give a sense of what our aesthetic is what what our companies are about um, through design and through the space itself. Okay, I didn't plan this, but I want to talk about that for a minute because this is an interesting business decision. You opened a coffee shop (laughs) in your building so that people could come in and look at your lighting. Yeah. And it's a great coffee. I mean, it's great coffee. It's not not a kind of nod to a coffee shop. It's, It's a beautiful place. Yeah, I mean that the whole idea sort of evolved. Originally, it was going to be a very small coffee bar um, that was for people to drink coffee while while they could see our lighting, and then um, it just kind of grew. Uh, and I'm involved in the, in the neighborhood a lot, quite a bit, both um, the residents and then also the business community. And there was a strong need for somewhere to get lunch and have more than just a small coffee bar. So we were responsive to that and adapted the plans mid-construction um, and doubled the size of it and really started to change the whole um, investment and the scale of it. And let's give me the address, and I will kind of try to pinpoint where it is for people. Um, it's uh, 145 Holden Street North. Um, so we're behind the Twin Stadium next to the Farmer's Market. Right. Farmer's Market Minneapolis is my, my landmark. And then um, United Noodle? Right. United Noodles across, yeah. <laughs> right across the street. Distribution center. You, you can't shop there, but. Uh, International Market Square across the highway. Correct, yep. So uh, that's a doors open opportunity right there. And I think being able to go from the coffee shop into the facility, which we don't usually have an opportunity to do. Yeah. And what's unique about our building is that um, it was built in 1954. And it's always been um, used for glass. Uh, we're the first glass blowing company to occupy it, but it was used for sheet glass, local sheet glass distributors. Ford McNutt was the company that built it, and then Bring Glass acquired it, and then we acquired it. Um, and so in the old entryway, which will be part of the tour, you, there's an original terrazzo mosaic of a glass blower in the floor that was a part of the original design. How have I never noticed this? Okay. You, know, you can't see it from the from the public spaces. So okay. when we do the tour for doors open, we'll we'll bring people through and show them that original see? little decorative element. Easter egg. Element. Okay. Yep. Uh, Jay, let's talk about design trends. You talked about indoor outdoor, and I see that, and I think you know, um, the the doors open venues have. Uh, different indoor outdoor spaces also what i'm seeing is tons of mixed use office building micro apartment uh kind of a hotel lobby and retail space and then office upstairs so can you talk about what kind of trends you're seeing well um the indoor outdoor is is a great one because it really started out on the west coast as a lot of things do, and kind of move through those areas that the climate is temperate enough to allow, you know, for this to happen much larger parts of the year. So the kind of Palo Alto yes, architecture. Yes. Yeah, really yeah. Southern California from, you know, that southern part of the Bay Area south. And, you know, part of that is weather, part of that is insects um, and things like that. 
but it rapidly moved into you know the mountain areas um, of Colorado and Utah and those areas, and we're now seeing it across the country, all the way out to the Pacific or to the to the Northeast, you know, uh, along the coast and things like that, and seeing a fair amount of it even in climates like the Twin Cities. Um, and, and the designers and architects are finding ways to adapt, to deal with insects, to deal with the weather because glass technology or insulated glass technology today is at such a high level that it'll, it'll afford you the ability to put this, make a whole building of glass and still have it perform. You know, it's not like when we were dealing with the single pane days of frost and all those types of things. So what is it that's allowing it to perform, kind of Wizard of Oz-like? Well, um, it's, you know, part of it is the fact that we've gone to multiple panes of glass, which allows uh, the glass to be filled with uh, an element like ergon or something like that that has naturally has uh, insulating properties. Um, it's the way that the surrounds are built you know, to insulate so you don't have thermal conductivity f through any of the elements in the window itself. Um, it's the way that the sills are done and all the ceiling around the units, and then the building itself is really designed to support that. So that indoor-outdoor has allowed people to really, uh, if you will, break down the walls of what traditionally was. Um, and what's interesting about that, it leads into another uh, trend that we're seeing just continues to go as this contemporary movement. Um, you know, people talk about modern, the modern movement, which really started back in the 30s and then came back again in the 40s and then back again in the 50s with mid-century modern. Um, what we're seeing today is not only those modern movements coming back, but what I call the contemporization of traditional styles. So, example of that. Uh, the modern farmhouse. Okay. Um, you know, you know, we don't even think about it, but you know, that's the same uh, historic massing and lines that you might have seen in a farmhouse, but the interior is as contemporary environment for contemporary living as you can get. But the exterior is changing because with glass technology, people are putting in monumental windows and, and corner windows and things like that that totally changes these. And it's not just the farmhouse. I mean, we're seeing the you know the modern prairie style. We're seeing modern Tudors. Even in South Minneapolis, we're seeing some infill lots where there might be the rows of small Tudors, and these modern Tudors are going in between, and they don't look out of place, but they're different. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. lines are the same, but there's something really different about them. And when you walk into one of them, uh, just the opening the whole space up affords you such a more contemporary lifestyle. Jackson, what trends are you seeing, and and where is your lighting? Where can we see it? Um, I think one of the consistent trends that we're seeing is really the return of hand craftsmanship. Um, and I, I don't know that it's a short trend. I think it's probably here to stay for quite some time if it ever goes away. Um, well, okay. Is it generational? I mean, it's it's beer, it's coffee, it's Yeah, it's, it's we're not just talking about work. glass lighting, right? Um, I think with the speed uh, and access of technology, we want things that have richness to them still mm -hmm. um, and, and return maybe a little bit of our humanness. Um, the inconsistencies are part of what we like in handcrafted product, um, that there's variance and 
nuance in it and we don't want to totally eradicate that um so i think that those elements uh like in the the current office environment um we do a lot of work um because talent retention is obviously a big thing and when you're trying to um, you know, convince prospective employees to join your company, the first impression they get of your brand besides the person they meet is the space they walk into. Um, and so we're seeing those ancillary spaces. Those are the lounges, the common areas, the, the kitchen, the bar. Um, we're seeing a lot of investment go into those areas and a, a lot of really sophisticated design because, um, you know, companies want their employees to be able to feel like they want to hang out there and feel connected to the material materiality of the space. So I think that's a, you know, that's woven into a lot of different types of spaces, um, you know, and in Minneapolis that we worked on, we were talking earlier about the, the Canopy Hotel. We have lights across the bar. Um, so there's about 20. Okay. In there. So here's the Venn diagram. Here's right, where exactly. you intersect, here's our right? Overlap, right? Okay. Um, so I think what's really amazing is when we have these um, advances in technology, talking about sheet glass windows, stuff like that, that give a real crispness and purity and minimalization of spaces and then you can bring in you know the handcrafted um, uniqueness um, and it really starts to highlight it because you have the pairing of the two um, and I think that's oh, I like that. we're seeing that all over can you name some buildings bonus points if they're on the doors open list where we can see your Hennepin made lighting um, yeah so the the canopy is one. Obviously, at our building, there's lighting all over in the public spaces. Um, we have several restaurants in town. Spoon and Stable would be one. We, we've done a lot of custom work. Um, trying to think what other um, hospitality or open to the public type of spaces that we've done. There's Dogwood Cafe that we did some lighting in. Um, yeah, so there's there's a handful. And you work in office environments, in healthcare, in in retail. Uh, yeah, our predominant um, spaces that we really um, have our product used a lot is com- more commercial based on our, our architectural business. So that's um, commercial office and then hospitality, so hotels and restaurants. Um, and then we have a partnership with Room and Board, um, which is obviously a Minnesota-based company. And so they really, they have, we have about, I don't know, 30 or 40 different products with them. Um, and so they really help us market and build our story with a, an end user or residential audience. Okay. And oddly enough, we actually have them in our executive conference room. Yeah, so there's your we, second overlap. There's a second overlap that I, I Can noticed. we all come troop through after no, doors open? That, unfortunately, that okay. was not open. But, but I did notice that, and I took a picture and brought in Pizza. Jackson. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I think it is interesting how much overlap there is here. Um, as Jackson said, between the kind of clean, technologically advanced glasswork and the artisan hand-blown, that this is the ideal, right? That, and one of the things that I want to address is, is sustainability, which everyone is having to take into account these days, right? So it's so clear, Jay, that you have to talk about sustainability and if you literally are building the indoor-outdoor space for we in the polar vortex region, mm-hmm. you have to be cognizant of right. what's happening ecologically, what's happening weather-wise, what, what is going on in that arena. Well, um, let's start talking with glass. Let's just keep that going. Um, we have a full team within our research and development uh, group 
just dedicated to glass technology. And so Polar Vortex is one um, where we, we're always looking at not only how do you keep the cold out, but how do you allow the sun in in certain climates or certain sides of the house and things like that. Um, but beyond the polar vortex, we start looking at, you know, this influx of hurricanes and hurricane damage that we've been having and um, how do we reply, respond to that as a company and the technologies that we've brought into place that allow for a building to still have the large glass, the large lights, um, but still protect the environment. You know, the difference between um, in some ways between what Jackson's organization does and what ours does is ours has to be, you know, first and foremost that that defense against the exterior elements. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at the conditions like a hurricane, um, we have product that actually can sustain, you know, uh, not only the, wind, the, the gale force winds of southern Florida, but it has to take uh, impact of a, you know, the test is a six-foot two by four shot at the window at 30 miles an hour and not break the envelope of the ho of the building. And so there's those types of things. Jackson, we are very short on time, but sustainability, you nodded. Um, you know, I think there's a couple things that we're focused on. One, we've shifted all of our lights over to LED. So we have retrofit bulbs and then we're getting into in integrated LED. So I think there's a really great marriage when you can still maintain the traditions and processes of craft, but then also leverage the new technologies in LED lighting. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing on the on the use, the function side. And on the other side, it's really how do we how do we anticipate the next hundred years so that we can make sure there's glass blowers in downtown Minneapolis making amazing objects, right? Um, and our, our, our number one threat is energy costs. Um, and so I'm actually working on a project right now for solar, full rooftop array on our building. Um, and so we'd be producing about 40 to 50 percent of our current usage um, on our rooftop and then also um, entering into other programs through Excel to offset. Um, our goal is in the next three years to completely 100 percent offset all of our energy wow. usage. So, OK, you know, I think it's good to have you got to have the plan of where you're going to go and it can't it can't happen overnight. But you got to make that commitment and make the investments to be able to get there. And for us, it's it's just smart business. I mean, if if energy costs, uh, electrical costs are going up between 4 and 8% a year, we're not going to be in business in 30 years. We won't be able to afford it unless we offset that somehow. That is fantastic. I love ending on that. But I do want to say, please go to Hennepin Made and Parallel and the Executive Conference Room at Anderson, <laughs> just in case. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Doors Open Minneapolis is a weekend civic celebration, May 18th and 19th. It provides the public with free behind-the-scenes access to more than 110 unique venues throughout Minneapolis. Join the Doors Open Minneapolis team. Volunteer greeters are needed for four-hour shifts at each participating venue. You will welcome and register visitors and be ambassadors for this great new civic program. To register, go to doorsopenminneapolis.org. Doors Open is presented by Comcast Corporation and supported by the American Institute of Architects, Minneapolis. Today's Door Open podcast was produced by Scott Meyer, written and hosted by Ann Bauer. Pat Milan provided direction, and this episode was edited by Jonathan Dew. For information on how to explore the city, visit doorsopenminneapolis.org. 
This podcast was produced at the Toonheim Studios in Minneapolis.